station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I'm joined, as always, or almost always, as the last episode will attest, <laughs> by my co-host, movie marketing genius, Melissa Kersher. Woohoo! And uh, we are joined, as well, by movie, um, I'm going to say... Um, <laughs> marketing lackey? Marketing, well, I was going to say uh, subliminal advertising uh, junkie. Uh, <laughs> I'll accept that. Okay. <laughs> Kelvin Hatley. Hey, Hello, hey, Kelvin. Yeah. Glad to be here. Uh, and uh, Kelvin has joined us before, uh, typically as an expert on bad films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, today, Kelvin joins us as our uh, an unknowing unknowing <laughs> subject yeah. for a film that doesn't make any sense to be on this podcast <laughs> when you first hear about it. But uh, we are going to be watching Josie and the Pussycats. Yes. So, Kelvin... <laughs> Could you tell us what do you know about the film Josie and the Pussycat? I um I remember watching the cartoon when I was a kid because uh, when I was a kid I'd watch anything Hanna Barbera did. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked. Uh yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's still kind of a weird disease. Like I still have this tendency to like seek seek out these bizarre obscure Hanna-Barbera cartoons that were on for like one season on Saturday morning in like 1973 or something, mm-hmm. and then I watch them and like. Yeah, it was terrible, but I, but I needed to see it. Um, and and I know, I know the movie is sort of like a parody of the movie you think Josie and the Pussycats is going to be. Okay. Or a satire of 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 um. How do I put this? Nineties girl movies. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know quite how. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't quite know how to describe that subgenre. I think I know what you're going for. Yeah. 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 I, I. I. can. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, so okay. Um, I, yeah. I think the important thing here about Josie and the Pussycats is uh, this film is a gigantic flop of a film. Oh yeah, it's, it's it, hugely. It. It. Hugely did flopped. badly for oh so many reasons. I think mm-hmm. one of which being they grossly overestimated the fan base that existed Mm -hmm. for a Josie and the Pussycats movie in the first place. Uh, Another being that it was exactly a movie, it was a movie that uh, was so subversive uh, a lot of smart people didn't get it. Yeah. Um, Or rather, the the marketing team aimed it at an audience that wouldn't get it and the people who would have gone to see it and got it saw the commercials and said, oh, that's not for me. Yeah, yeah I, I remember the yeah. commercials, you know, like, it, it, it had that sort of quality of um, 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 post-completion studio meddling or something. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you know, okay, I, have, I haven't actually seen Suicide Squad either, but I kind of got that same vibe from Suicide Squad, like, oh, no, we have to try and make this funny. Mm-hmm. After it was already shot to be super dark, yeah, and and so like you could just kind of get that weird feel from the trailer for it, like it was trying yeah. way too hard to make it look hip and fun when it wasn't. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's so much studio meddling. What happened here? I think it's more that it's just. Um, it was Nobody, a smarter script than the material deserved. The marketing team didn't know what they had. Yeah. Or if they, they knew no what they had, they marketing didn't, meddling, I guess they didn't know how to explain it to anybody. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so the end result is a horrible flop of a movie that's actually really quite good. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, it's not brilliant, but it is fun. It is much better than you'd ever expect it to be. A movie called Josie and the Pussycat should not be as good as this movie is. Right. (laughs) There's a lot of movies out there that are deserve an audience, and they didn't get one because the marketing was bizarre and strange. Yeah. Yeah. And this was, oh, 2001, which means this was prior to the days of Facebook and social media, so it Mm -hmm. didn't really travel by word of mouth. Um, and I mean, word of mouth was so possible in those days, of course, but it was harder to light that flame. Yeah. It was one of those movies that, uh, most, I don't remember if we saw it together. No, no. I never saw it in the theater. I, I, I cause I, I remember that I went with a bunch of friends mm-hmm. and it was one of those movies that we went to cause we thought it was going to be awful and we were just going to revel in the awfulness of the film. Yeah. And we all walked out going, did you think that was pretty good? <laughs> and, and everybody, we were all like looking at each other, like waiting for one of us to go, no, that was awful. Are you fucking stupid? But now everybody's like, no, I, I really thought that was a good movie. I, yeah. And, and so then, then it turned into us trying to convince all of our movie friends, no, seriously, go see this movie. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work. Yeah. Didn't work. Nobody yeah. went to see this movie. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people caught it on video later and said, oh, that is kind of funny. So uh, it, it, it kind of reminded me of when I went to see The Matrix, which I saw like the opening weekend um, after work one night with one of my coworkers. And we were like, this was a crappy day. We're going to go to the Mall of America and just see The Matrix because that looks dumb and shiny. And we, and like 10 minutes in, we're going, I, I think this is good. This is really good. I was, I was you were right about it being shiny. Yeah, I was surprised by how much I liked the the first Matrix. Movie. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the, Matri- I, I the totally first a... Matrix was brilliant. But yeah, well, the, the yeah. uh, once again, the marketing team didn't quite know what they had. Yeah. But they they fortunately did a good enough job of getting th- people in the theater that they talked about it afterwards, and then everybody went to see the Matrix. So too that's bad. not what happened. That is not what happened Josie and with the Josie and the but, but we, at least, Melissa yes. and I, can get one more person on Earth <laughs> to watch this movie. And maybe you, dear listeners, you, uh, somewhere around a hundred of you, you too, <laughs> having not seen this film before, we'll buried. go watch it now. Yeah, yes, yeah, bur- buried treasures that are out there in the yep. film world and so it's this just is some our, weird little cult of people like saying, "No, really, it's good." This yeah. is our gift to you for the dawn of 2017. So please, <laughs> uh, we are going to go off. We're going to watch uh, Josie and the Pussycats with Kelvin. You should go off and watch Josie and the Pussycats with yourself. Ah, lonely. Oh, anyway. No. Oh, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> Don't wish them a lonely new year, no. Tim. It, it's going up after the new year. It's too late for him at this oh. point. Um, anyway, uh, we hope you enjoy uh, Justine the Pussycats, and we'll be back to talk about it in just a little bit. Lying on your bed staring up at the moon You got me crazy, gotta love you soon I'm your backdoor lover Coming from behind the light Back products have been placed. Uh, some a few question- thousand of them, yeah. A few thousand questionable fashion choices have been made, yes. but uh, that's all right. Uh, so, Calvin, uh, this is your introduction to Josie and the Pussycats, yep. the movie, not to Josie and the Pussycats, the property. Sure. Uh, so, uh, what did you think of the film? Um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I had a, a decent time with it. Um, I, I admit, I'm. <laughs> I'm old enough that 
satires of pop culture circa 2001 and actual pop culture circa 2001 are kind of hard to differentiate. (laughs) (laughs) But but no, I I mean, this movie was clearly, uh, you know, a satire in taking the piss out of, like, pop culture phenomenon of, of the time. And uh, it's it's amazing how much of a period piece it is already. Yeah, it is. Isn't it really it? is astonishing. I mean, I. I uh, <laughs> and then one one particular joke is like, oh, that's not funny anymore. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Cosby joke. The Cosby joke. Just mm, nope, nope, nothing uh, funny about that. Oof. But yeah, I mean, I would, I w- you know, I kind of was thinking like. Um, growing up in the '80s and like comparing the the distance between like 1985 and 1960 and how much how different that was and how many things had happened mm-hmm. and you know so like as I got older like well there's no real difference between 2016 and 2001 <laughs> but there kind of is well there is <laughs> it's, it's now it, well when you th- yeah. I mean when you think about it I mean 2001 um, sync was still a thing I mean this yeah. still was the trailing era of boy bands from the late 80s and 90s so yeah, I, mean, I, I was still catching that that comet tail. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, you know, I'm also you know thing. old enough that I have to put a small amount of effort to remember who Carson Daly is. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. He, he was just not a part of my 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 existence. Well, same here at I, all. And I never watched Carson Daly, but it. It's, but like, but his his cameo was pretty great. Yeah, his yeah. cameo was amazing. <laughs> he's, he's gonna basically murder people with a baseball bat. <laughs> for the music industry, for the yeah, for the uh, the uh, subliminal advertising music industry. Yeah, um, I, I I do love how this movie is kind of a showcase of all the comedians that came into being like in the late '90s, early 2000s, because you you've got this wonderful showcase of like uh, Don Faison who went on to do Scrubs, and you've got of course Seth Green who already had a career by this point, and but you know but after Robot this, Chicken is going to happen pretty soon. Yeah, um, Rosaria Dawson. I love Rosario Dawson. I, yeah. I I love everything she's in. I yeah, just... and Parker Posey. I love. Watching yeah, I, I I it took me a while to get that. That was Parker Posey. She's so great though. Because she you don't I don't normally see her playing. Megalomaniacs. Yeah, you know, uh, a <laughs> trendoid sort of people like that. Yeah. Yeah, Although, she uh, she for most of her career even at the time when Josie and the Pussycats came out it has done mostly indie yeah I think yeah. of her as like super indie-ish and yeah although she had a very similar character in Superman Returns if we all remember that movie <laughs> <laughs> as the uh, uh, partner to to Lex Luthor uh, god I don't space. remember her being in that at all and she was like well, the best part of the movie it's hard to remember much of that movie yeah, I, yeah. I read Superman Returns really kind of went in one year and out the other. Superman yeah. Returns is a movie that's not bad so much as it sort of just lies there. Yeah, um, yeah. which is too bad because Kevin Spacey is giving it yeah. all. He was great in it. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's not this movie. Parker no, no, it's movie. not this movie. But it, um, it is Parker Posey. We're t- we can talk about Parker Posey though. And that's uh, like, yeah. Alan Cummings is always great. I adore Alan Cumming. And, and um, I had a 
Absolutely. Rachel Lee Cook is fun. Yeah. And this perhaps is the best role that Tara Reid ever had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or ever will have. Tara Reid's Terry entire career was quite possibly this movie. Yeah. Uh, well, well I, it's I, not I always, her entire career. She has an entire think, career of being terrible. Yeah, but always, she's fantastic. I always here. think of her as, as, a, as a joke, you know. I yeah. mean, I... Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Alone in the Dark, the, the yes. Uwe Boll movie. Yes, and I rue the day that I did. Yes, and uh, she's in it. Rue the day! She's yeah. she's in Alone in the Dark playing, of all things, a museum curator. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and a real showstopper uh, thing is... is, is uh, <laughs> She pronounce she 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 pronounces Newfoundland as in Newfoundland, Canada, as Newfoundland. Wow. Of course she does, and, and, and nobody that, corrects that, her. That's like one of my favorite. Just how did they not catch that? Because uh, Uwe Boll does not give a shit. Because Uwe Boll doesn't give a why. shit, and he does. his command of English is still pretty strong. He's one take Uwe Boll, right? I mean, he just take you know first yeah. take. It's like yeah, it's it's not important to him to fix yeah. it. I don't know. Again, that's not this movie, but but, 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 but it is, is Tara Reid. Yeah. And Tara Reid's career has experienced something of a renaissance thanks to as Sharknado. of late, thanks to the Sharknado <laughs> franchise. Yeah, Sharknado. Oh, thanks. <laughs> she is not the worst thing in those movies, and that <laughs> which is really saying something, Tim. It, it really is. Oh my god! But here in Josie and the Pussycat, she's actually very entertaining. Yeah, she's yeah. actually a um, highlight of the film. It, it, I, I think, you know. Yeah, it, the thing that slays me, I think the, the best joke in the whole damn thing is the happy and you know it sequence. In the That's shower. So perfect. <laughs> There's this inevitability to the joke and it's the rule of three and it's just perfect and she plays it perfectly. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Well, in, in, oh. in, in the cartoon, uh, Melody was the dumb blonde character. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, although, I, I don't know, I, in, in a way she comes off more well, I mean, she's still sort of a dumb blonde, but more like just, she's just very happy and enthusiastic mm -hmm. to the point that she just doesn't use her brain ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is not the same thing. Exactly. As opposed to, yeah, this movie where she's just dumb. Oh, yeah. But, the, but she's also happy. She is happy. She's very cheerful. Yeah, she's yeah. super happy. Even when she's <laughs> about to be slammed, it's crashed into a, a wall and die in a horrible flaming death mm -hmm. in a Ford. It's in a important. Ford. It's a Ford. Well, yeah, they make it pretty clear it's a Ford. <laughs> so I, the thing that I find entertaining about that, I remember one of the reviewers who hated this movie was Roger Ebert, and yeah. he talked about how the movie was making fun of product placement, and yet it had all this really, really obvious product placement. And I was like, yeah, "Isn't that? I thought that was the. How can I you not that do the that? Point. Yeah. The, the I, movie took no money from any of those companies." Oh, okay. Yeah, they they just wanted to. Do, I, I they wanted to do over the top product placement. They took zero money from it, but it uh, seventy three companies <laughs> are represented in the movie. I mean, I, I I was formulating this theory that like maybe uh, a reason the movie didn't do well and maybe it was marketed so badly was some sort of corporate conspiracy thing where like the companies that had all the product placement didn't like like being used as a joke. Oh, yeah. So they might not have liked <laughs> yeah. being used as a joke. <laughs> it's yeah. um, it, uh, It's not exactly this movie, but um, not too long after this film came out, uh, Minority Report came out. Yeah. And Minority Report was interesting in that uh, they took all sorts of money for product placement. Uh-huh. Uh, and then they made the product placement 
just ceaselessly creepy. Yes. <laughs> which yes. Was, which was, which was you amazing. Kind of you have to admire that Spielberg's like, I'm going to take all the money to place these products and then make you dislike them. Yes. Um, it's amazing. And, uh, and th- so, you know, sorry about that. Gap. Well, and, and anyway. Also about, uh, about the product placement gags. I, I it's talk about making this movie a period piece. Yeah. The, the America Online Hotel. Yes. This <laughs> <laughs> oh, giant skyscraper hotel. It's Doesn't all it, about America well, Online. America Online still exists. Yeah, yeah it? it's I mean, still around, I, sort of. It's still. Uh, it, there's well, there's old people who use the internet. Something it's, it's, called it's, the internet. Well, it's a giant mega corporation now because it's now yeah. part of. Was it? Warner Brothers AOL. Is it, st- is it still Time Warner or did they spin it off? AOL Time Warner something something something. It was part of Time Warner. Place, but... Do product placement here right now. Yeah. In fact, as we're recording this episode, my wife is at Target. So <laughs> <laughs> she saw it and said, "Oh, she I saw need the to go to Target. Like, oh, I need to go to Target." <laughs> I, I love I love the airplane in the beginning. I love when you the start Target see, plane. The yeah. Target plane. And you, it start the scene is going on and it starts to dawn on you like the little details in the plane are all also product placement. There's like toothpaste, like borders in the airplane. There's uh, laundry detergent in between each. Yeah, no, there's there's like soap. It's dish soap in between all there, the there, windows. There, there's one room where there's like bounce fabric softener sheets on shelves. Yes. For 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 just for like no like yeah. several of them. Just there. And yeah, it, yeah there. it's kind of amazing. Yeah, it's kind of pop art, really. It's, yeah. It's, it's very Warhol. Yeah, Warhol would be proud. I think yeah, this is a uh, Andy War- if if uh, Andy Warhol had not made Empire, this would oh, be God. his favorite film. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> Empire oh, gags. Whoa, hey, deep <laughs> no, cut. It, All right, it, it happens about every five episodes. Just, we just, just we just mentioned bring up Empire or Four Stars or yeah, mostly Empire. Empire. Has anyone Empire. brought a blowjob yet? Not yet. Uh, okay, but thank you. Thank you, thank you, Kelvin. Thank um, you. Just in case you're wondering, (laughs) Andy Warhol did make a movie that was supposedly just a guy getting a blowjob, and it's you know two hours long. Of course. But um, wow, I'm just. It's basically, from what I understand, it's basically just close ups of the guy's face making like ooh ah faces, basically. Oh, so it's it's (laughs) it's like Empire. It's two hours of two hours of O face. Yeah. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. But back to Jesse. Yeah, I, uh, I can I can watch Alan Cumming all day long, really. Yeah. Not that that's a word that should have called, come out of my mouth after discussing blowjob by Andy Warhol. But <laughs> I I, uh, I was trying to think of like a ridiculous Andy Warhol movie, and of course the first one I think of is Blowjob. Of and I'm course, about thank that. you, Kelvin. And but then, um, and then we talk about Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming. So, boom, boom. Okay. He's never so, heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> It, Alan, it, but Alan Cumming is so delightful. Uh, yeah, you know, Scottish as the day is long, but he's uh, he started kind of coming into stardom in the '90s. Not so much over here, but definitely overseas. And then he got his role as the MC as uh, as the MC in Cabaret oh, yeah. for its revival in the '90s. And that's kind of I think he's so good is. at accents. Oh my God, he's so uh. good. And. Uh, you know, by the late '90s, he did Titus uh, with Anthony Hopkins, and you know, mm-hmm. directed by Julie Taymor, and that was a hell of a thing. Yeah. And um, we gotta do that one. 
Oh, we much. should. We, I, I would like to talk about that movie. <laughs> uh, but then he did this, and then he went on to do like Spy Kids, where he basically was auditioning to do Doctor Who, I think. And, uh, <laughs> and somehow didn't get the part. Somehow didn't I, get the part. I, I don't. Real, he still. He may not have won. Not that I have a problem with the other people they've chosen to play Doctor Who. Let's be fair, but. I would watch the shit out of Alan, Alan Cumming fucking coming as Doctor oh, Who. I also really enjoyed that the uh, recording studio is basically a TARDIS. Yeah. In this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's a white room with with round bells in it. Yep. So like, ah, it's a TARDIS. <laughs> and there's the a big weird set. control panel that's the music tron or whatever it is. Oh god. The subliminal tron. The, the subli- subliminal yeah, tron. And um, I want a Big Mac. <laughs> but you're, but you're a vegetarian. vegetarian. But I want um, one. <laughs> I, I I did like the the yeah the satire of all the the fashion trend stuff. Like mm-hmm. suddenly everyone buys pink, and then suddenly everyone buys orange. Like a day later, and they and they don't think about it. They they're not yeah. like, why am I replacing my wardrobe in twenty four hours? That seems really wasteful or anything. It, it, yeah, it, I, it, yeah. In a in a really odd way, this is a weird thing to bring up. It. It reminded me of The Wiz. (laughs) Because The Wiz has this scene where they go into the Emerald City and everything is green and everyone's walking around being, like, super fashionable. Oh, yeah. And then suddenly there's, like, this weird announcement from The Wizard and, like, there's this gigantic traffic lights, like, yeah, green's out, baby, now we're gonna go gold! And, like, the traffic light switches to gold and suddenly everyone's wearing gold and talking about how great gold-colored clothing is and stuff. That's about and right. At least that's not subliminal. At least that's just straight that's like, up that's just That's just fascism. <laughs> <laughs> Which, when you think about it, is really what the Wizard of Oz is about. Um, yeah. 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 And yeah. so the Wiz would Kinda, be as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. So, um... That's a weird tangent to get on. <laughs> we're gonna get on... We're getting on Fascist symbolism in the Wizard of Oz. We'll get on a lot of tangents yeah. talking about this uh, this movie. Oh, yeah. It's, um, it's tangent-worthy. It is It is tangent-worthy. But, but I think this is the movie where I first heard the phrase, like, orange is the new black, or, you know, yeah. pink is the new black, or black is the new blue, or whatever. Yeah. I, I I trace I, my knowledge of that phrase back to this movie. Now, whether or yeah. not it originated... I don't think it did. I don't think it did. But, but it's definitely the first place <laughs> I thought I heard it. So maybe I'm just square. I thought about... start For an improv team name at one point, I was thinking of calling it the new black, but I was afraid it would come off as like maybe racist or something. Well, just have Duck Washington in yeah. the team and you'll be fine. Yeah, because I thought the new black yeah, would be include kind of include duck, and it is no longer racist. That's uh, yeah. that's a rule that we have here in Minnesota. It's true. <laughs> it's, true. Um, it's a way to get it's a way to get rid of racism. Just uh. it right out. I mean, there are, there are certainly moments in this film that are that are cringeworthy in in retrospect. Mm-hmm. You know, the point where you you've got you know this fight scene, and the two girls are getting ready to go at it, and they do a sissy girl slap fight, and yeah. you're just like, oh. Uh. Oh, that was the joke you came up with for there, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and, and the the Bill Cosby impersonation, which uh, you know, it's just mm-hmm. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby and anything refer- referencing Cosby now is just sort of weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It, 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 it has it has become one of those one of those taboo subjects. You mm-hmm. just don't 
Don't even talk about Bill Cosby anymore because there's just too much bad stuff there. And yet here we are. And yet here we are talking about Bill Cosby because <laughs> it was in this movie. That's why. It's like if we'd watch yeah. Leonard Part 6, we'd have to talk about Bill Cosby. Uh, but I, we won't. Yeah. I do like uh, the production design of the movie is pretty amazing. It is. I think. Is. Especially I, the early days, like the, the band's house that basically looks like a... You know, a thrift shop blew up in, it does. in, a, in a cool way. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, and 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 I love every time that Parker Posey shows up. Whatever she's wearing is amazing. My favorite is the dress with the feathers, and every time she turns around, there's that. Yeah. The feathers yeah. on the wires for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know. I feel like that was some some sound guy. Who's who's working on sound That's, effects? There's and, some foley there, yeah. Yeah, that. Well, sure, that there's sound... foley there, but but you, it feels like they were in sitting in the in, in the, the editing suite, and he's like, "What do you think of this?" <laughs> oh, I know <laughs> what needs to happen here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I. There are times when I kind of wanted it to be. Um. All, I, I guess when I think of a movie like this, that my, my my template is always like what uh, like the Zucker Brothers or something like that. Sure. Yeah. Where it's super broad and and like really dumb and a certain kind of wackiness. That, and this movie isn't that exactly. It's more. I don't want to say straight and deadpan because there's totally a little wrong, too much heart to the film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oddly enough, a little too much. A little too much. I can't, there, there are parts where definitely... Josie and her boyfriend, it's like, who cares? <laughs> he's he's sweet and she's sweet and they're going to be together at the end yeah. and it'll be fine. Whatever. Yeah, there, yeah. there are parts when I wanted it to be like a lot wackier and surrealistic, but then... Well, basically this came from the team of people who did a movie called Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah. Which I haven't seen, but I've seen parts of it and uh, I... Everybody I know who's actually seen it says, you have to see it. It's adorable. So it's uh, the same writer, director. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, uh, There's Deborah Kaplan and Harry Elfond. They're, they co-direct and they co-write these movies, and they've done a few other projects together. But between them and a few other people on their team, they put this together. And, um, like... Deborah Kaplan wrote the Backdoor Lover music, or they, or at least the lyrics to it. Backdoor Lover is a pretty, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, so, I, I know a dozens of people heard that song and did not get back. What oh, the, yeah. the, the, the uh, song is it? Well, the thing is, joke. but the thing is, though, this team of people puts together these movies that have kind of this bright, poppy, um, yeah. kind of feel good. Um, high energy sort of. What, what I what tone. I was trying to and, describe but, yeah. is like a you know a late nineties girl movie. Yeah, and that's which, exactly which, what which, it which is. is. Which is a kind of a sexist way of putting it, but I didn't know quite else how to describe it. Well, yeah, it, yeah. but that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's got a clueless vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, oh. absolutely. And yeah. I'm 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 uh, a, unfortunately a little too old to like really have those movies be as meaningful to me as I'm sure they they are meaningful to. Any number of younger people, and I get that. Oh yeah, I mean, I, there's I mean, a definite generational gap there. I, I'm just barely yeah. too old for that to have hit me. Yeah, yeah. In the, you know, I was just barely outside of that key demographic. Yes, yes. <laughs> by the time they came around, which is unfortunate because they really are a lot of fun. 
Yeah, there yeah. there are plenty plenty of good ones, and this one <clears throat> it does kind of make fun of those movies. But I I don't know that it is really trying to make fun of those movies. It's trying to be one of those movies, and at the same time, yeah, yeah it's not parody. really. Yeah, satire is maybe not quite the right word to describe it. It's just sort of. Um, yeah, because he cause you like the, the next sense. the next phase of of. Camp isn't the right word either, but well, yeah, well, it's a satire, but we're so used to seeing satires that are less overt. Like this is yeah. like satire in huge bold letters all over the place. I mean, there's nothing. You're you're, you're you not know, used to it. You're not used to it being that like... overt, and you're also not used to satire that overt without like. Uh, um, Without like pushing it to the extreme, without yeah. without without yeah. Being, like, like, like a plane, plane crashes into a a building and and it come you know crashes into a target comes out the other side with like clothes all over it or something. <laughs> yeah, you, know? you really are hooked on the Zucker yeah. <laughs> and, and there are moments. There I was are, trying to think of an example. There, there are moments of that, you know, when Dujur shows up and they're oh, all yeah. and you know, and they talk about you know. Landing in a parking lot filled with Metallica fans, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the one that's least injured is least injured because he knew the words to a Metallica. <laughs> to Dujur <laughs> <laughs> means friendship. Uh, no, it, it means honestly, of the day. Yes, honestly, I know. honestly, I know. one I of know. the one of the things that I think this movie misses. I mean, it has to because it's about Josie and the Pussycats. They, it, it was it was like, hey, we've got this wacky property from the seventies, and we're gonna make a movie about it. But but a movie about Dujur mm-hmm. would have been amazing. Yes. <laughs> um. It would have, it would, and, and I don't want to take anything away from the movie that they produced, which was way better mm-hmm. than it should have been. Yes. Well, I. <clears throat> yes. You know, I mean, just, all one needs to do is look at Gem and the Holograms to oh. understand how you can take a property like that and just completely bone it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I have not seen Gem and the Holograms. Everything I've heard about it was like grotesquely awful. Yeah. Yes. Gem and the Holograms um, is grotesquely awful. Josie and the Pussycats has a lot of really entertaining points. It's not a perfect movie. It's certainly, no. it's certainly yeah, yeah. I, oh, I, I just also just wanted to mention. I was really glad to see that Missy Pyle was in this. Missy Pyle is hilarious. I always liked Missy Pyle, and I'm always kind of surprised she wasn't like quite bigger than she was. But yeah. she's always in like these odd little. She's a, supporting. She's, she's character got character roles. Character roles. roles. She doesn't yeah. tend to have to get starring roles. It's hard out there for a female character actress. It really yeah. is. It it's hard to get. I mean, you know, like she that. was a showstopper in Galaxy Quest. She was. Mm-hmm. And and uh I I wouldn't have thought of her to play Alexandra, but she's a pretty great Alexandra. Mhm. Uh you know, in the cartoon Alexandra is just the stereotypical mean bitchy girl who's just there for some reason. Right. Because she's the manager's sister and she's like doesn't have uh, a life of her own or something. Because she's in the comic. I mean, they... they yeah, they mentioned that in the film. Why yeah. are you even here? Because it was in the comic. What? But yeah, I, I, I was kind of surprised they found a way of doing... Uh, yeah, Alexandra that was... You know, simultaneously what the character is in the comics and, and yet... Not so hateful. And mm-hmm. not so hateful and contemporary and all that stuff, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. Well, it was... I don't know why... 
Maybe I just got a thing for Missy Pyle. I don't know. Maybe you a do. A lot of people have a thing for Missy Pyle. <laughs> well, As they should. Ju- uh, yeah. Anybody who knows who she is. Yeah. I mean, I, I could look it up on IMDb. I don't know how much she's been doing. She's probably still working. Yeah. All the time. She was yeah. in. Um, what was she in fairly recently? She's she was in been, Big Fish, but that's not super. She's probably well, been a murder fish. victim in a ton of crime dramas <laughs> on TV. Um. I, I, I saw her in, in, in something semi-recently, and I can't place it, and it kind of surprised me. <laughs> We're going to do some research on Missy Pyle. Yeah, uh, Melissa, maybe. do you have any facts that you need to share? Well, Rachel Lee Cook, we haven't even mentioned. No, yeah. Um, imagine Rachel she's Lee Cook. Fun. She's from Minnesota. She is the bra- Minnesota. That, that, this is your brain on drugs, girl. She is. She's the, this she is. is. But this is your brain on drugs, girl. One of the most famous anti-drug commercials ever. She cracked an egg, and this is your brain on drugs. That's her. Any questions? Yep. And she's yep. also... Uh, She's, and I, she's, bitty. she's super short. Yeah. There's a, there's a scene where she's working on her boyfriend's pickup truck, and she she's clearly standing on a huge block of wood. <laughs> like they don't even bother to hide the yeah. block of wood. Yeah. Missy Pyle has regular work. She's on all sorts of stuff. Good. Mm-hmm. Inside Amy Schumer, she was doing stuff oh, on oh, Inside neat. Amy Schumer. Uh, she's a good match for that show. Yeah. She was, I mean, 2016, she had a ton of credits. Just, uh, yeah, Good. she's uh, she's working, working. Oh, she was on Law & Order, see? Special <laughs> Victim DNA. Everyone's on Law & Order. Well, because there are 18 Law & Order versions, and, you know, there's a lot. Of... There was a Saturday... I want to know what percentage of Hollywood maintains their employment with Law & Order. I, there, there was a... Uh... Gone Girl. She was on Gone... She was in Gone Girl. I still haven't seen that. Yeah. I that was a hell of a film. Holy fuck. Oh, there there was a Saturday Night Live sketch a few years ago that was like literally like an acting class for people who had like the three line parts in Law and Order. Oh, nice. We're just like, yeah, I haven't seen this guy. Well, I don't know. I, I heard he was walking down, <laughs> you know, by the docks one day. da And then like, <laughs> and like, it was just, just literally just random guys on, on Law and Order who had, you know, like early in the show when they just have like a three line part. Yeah. Like the, the, the enormity of that. Oh, she was in the she was in Dodgeball. I remember she was oh, in Dodgeball. Oh yeah. yeah. I anyway. watch Dodgeball again. Missy Pyle has done many things. <laughs> yes, and, that's and good. So Dodgeball's a, a fun, extremely dumb movie. Yeah. And and of course Rosario Dawson is all over the place. Rosario as she, Dawson as she I, should be. And she's in she's you know, Luke Cage and Daredevil and all that. And yep. She, I, she was voice of Wonder Woman for a while for the cartoons. Uh, yeah, you know, of course. You know, after this movie, you know, she did Sin City and Death Proof, and uh, let's see. I think she started her career on Sesame Street. Like she had a role on Sesame Street. I heard she got her start with like. Uh, I, I she was kids. homeless. She was homeless, and somebody spotted her and said, "Do you want to be in a movie?" And that was kids. Yeah, yeah. like like she it was like literally some sitting on a stoop and yeah in New York just joking and her charisma just kind of was obvious and well yeah she's just amazing yeah and still amazing to this day still amazing mm. still amazing but uh, can't really play the bass so <laughs> nope. well I, I kind of play their instruments and that's yeah yeah about it. um yeah they you don't need band camp to stand there and move your fingers on a guitar or rachel lee cook had some fairly 
convincing looking chords, mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah. She did okay. Tara Reid actually did all right in keeping to the beat. Yes. Uh, and there were a few shots where she was actually hitting the drums that uh, they actually were being that were actually being hit in the song. So, yeah. so you know that's <laughs> that's impressive. That's impressive. But uh, mostly it was uh, studio mu- musicians on the. It, you know, the, it's probably it's the, probably easier to fake play a guitar than to like fake play the piano. Like you always see the shot of the guy fake playing the piano in a in a movie, and it's just kind of their head and shoulders like. Yeah, you're yeah, kind of swaying and smiling. The, the worst yeah. fake playing piano is is to watch uh, in a great movie. <laughs> is watch Casablanca again. Oh God, yeah. And just watch Sam play the piano. Yeah, that doesn't work at all. <laughs> it's just, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, uh, I've never, so, yeah. Casablanca is a good enough movie that I've never noticed that. <laughs> I've, I've watched I've yeah. watched Casablanca so many times. Yeah. There, there's some time that I get to a scene where he's it's the knock on wood scene, and and he's sitting there and there's the and the and the music the piano part is really elaborate, and you can tell that his hands are just going pound 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 mm-hmm. pound up and down. You're like, oh, he can't even fake it well. Nope. Uh, which you know. It's fine. Nobody hired him to play the piano. They hired him <laughs> to look concerned when Elsa shows up. Yep. Elsa shows up, and he does that. He does that, and that's what we need from Sam. Yes. So, thank you, Sam. Among other things, but... Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So, I'm just trying to figure out what else we need to talk about with um, this movie. The the woman who dubbed the voice of Rachel Lee Cook in the music is the lead singer of Letters to Cleo. Hey. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. She's got some cred. She does. <laughs> Let's see what else. Well, and we can uh, tell that Tara Reid didn't sing any of her parts because the parts where she does sing, you can tell that they wouldn't want her to no. sing any of her parts. No, no, no. 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 Uh, I don't know about Rosario Dawson. I, <laughs> I do love all the code phrases that Alan Cumming uses, you know. We're going to take the Chevy to the levee. <laughs> That's the bailout. Yeah. It smells like teen spirit. Uh, yes, his code phrases that are, stuff. Are, are, uh, are a lot of fun. What else? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Just how, how big of a city is Riverdale in this movie? Yeah, really. It's like like they have a, a, a record store that's like the size of the Virgin Record Store in Times Square in New York or something. Yeah. It's just it's like the enormous record store. And yet it's supposed to be like... They don't really... You know, in the comics it's like quintessential small town America, but... They're clearly not trying to portray quintessential small town. Well, it's quintessential small town in America, except you know, for whatever story it is, there is the requisite shop or Mm -hmm. building or whatever you need in order for the story to work. Mm -hmm. So you know, even if you sit there and go, "Well, if this is small town America and it's got about six streets in a downtown that's four buildings, there's still a record store." By God, they need a record store. Yeah, Riverdale seemed like. well, well, it didn't even really seem like a town. It seemed like Southdale or something. Well, this is before <laughs> this is before Amazon killed the uh, of mortar businesses. Yes. So there still were record stores everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. Like every three miles. Yeah, I, there were m- more. I remember those things. days and and actually kind of missed them. So <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. Really. Uh, <sighs> I miss record stores, but now the only record stores are actual record stores because you know yeah. Amazon doesn't sell vinyl, so. Well, so, they do actually. Yeah. I, I now work. But, but like, if you buy vinyl, you don't buy it through Amazon. No. I now oh, work Jesus. like three blocks from Cheapo, so it's pretty easy to like right after work to just stop and go buy. Cheapo I'm going to just give you a list, Kelvin. Do you, do, you, do you go there and do you buy vinyl, <laughs> Kelvin? No, I buy guy. CDs. 
So, well, that's still these days kind of old fashioned. I just I, I go through the uh, the the, uh, the, the like like the recently arrived used CDs, mm-hmm. and I I grab some random things. Um, like what did I get recently that was kind of actually I found the soundtrack to Shaft. Excellent. I could dig it. Yeah. Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> and, uh, sorry. I'm sorry, listeners. That, I apologize. And like, like, that was well, one like of the whitest things you've ever done, Tim. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm pretty sure I've done whiter, but no, I, I, no, no. you might be right. There, there's pretty much no way you can not say, I'm just talking about blah, 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 and then have someone else say, we can dig it. <laughs> There's no way you cannot follow it's, that it's, pattern. It is, it is literally unfair to yeah. expect somebody to not make that. that <laughs> it's just, it's cruelty. It's cruelty to other human beings. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we are getting yeah, to the point of final thoughts up. because we've spent uh, surprisingly little time talking about this. <laughs> I hope. Uh, I, it was uh, fun. So, it's a fun movie. So, yeah, uh, Calvin, what is your final thought about Josie and the Pussycats? I, I, I think it's a fun movie. It was unfairly overlooked and uh, uh, somewhat unfortunately, I think you can probably best appreciate it now as like a weird period piece yeah. of like, wow, I didn't realize how much society had changed in, in that short span of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15 years. Yeah, but... Um, God, 15 years. You know, it, it, it does... Happy anniversary! God damn it! <laughs> uh, yeah, I know it's it's kind of stunning, but um, it's a fun movie. And and you know, if if the the thought of the boy band era doesn't instantly make you barf or whatever, <laughs> you know, pl- you know, go ahead and give it a try sometime. Or even if it does, it's still yeah. very funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Melissa. Final thoughts. Uh, Rachel Lee Cook has a toothbrush collection. Does she? She does. How many toothbrushes do you know? I don't know. Hmm. I do, I'm just... Just like there, antique ones or something? Like I don't antique. know. I want to know. It's here in town, apparently. It's at her parents' house. Because she's, yeah, she's from Minnesota. She, she's from she's Minnesota. From, yeah. You know. Local girl, yeah. yeah. This is uh, your brain on drugs, you know. Also, Parker Posey is, is a... Uh, she's an accomplished mime. I can see that. Yeah. So she's actually making the noise. Oh, no, she's a mime. She wouldn't be making the noises for that dress. No. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I just that was a really absurd statement. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. We, we need someone to do foley work on this movie. Quick, get me Marcel. I am, I am the master of absurd statements. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and that is how we got well, her way, her way, of, her way of presenting herself. You know. Well, is, yeah, is, she's is, got the the. The posture and the yeah, the I can, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. yeah. So my final thought: we haven't spent a lot of time talking about the du jour song "Backdoor Lover," but I strongly, <laughs> uh, if you were watching the movie and you were kind of not paying attention, you really need to look up the lyrics to that song. Yeah, it's amazing. It is. It is just a, an amazing piece of subversive work about anal sex. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but oh. it's not about anal sex. But it really, no. it's about anal sex. Although, um, although on that note, um, the first time I ever went to London. I wasn't in London 12 hours before I saw Alan Cummings' bare ass. <laughs> Apparently that's common in London. It's yeah, just, it's, it's just there in the airport. <laughs> you know, welcome to the UK. And Here's there, Alan Cummings' bare ass. There, there is Nightcrawler's naked buttocks right in front of me. 
So, uh, like just my... walking down the street or what? No, it was in a theater. Okay, okay. Uh, totally moved the entire audience. Welcome it was great. to the theater. Here's Alan Cummings' bare ass. And now, <laughs> and now, the mousetrap. Anyway. So, uh, anyway. So, uh, next up, we are going to be watching La Dolce Vita. Oh, wow. We've gone through a series of musical uh, films, and we are moving off of that, as it were, Mm -hmm. uh, into another genre. So, uh, we hope you do join us for that. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for joining us, Calvin. Absolutely. Oh, hey, do you have anything you need to plug? Like, don't you do a Doctor Who podcast or something? I do do a Doctor Who podcast, uh, along with Pat Harrigan and Joshua Scrimshaw. Uh, it's called Get Off My World. Uh, we mostly focus on the old series and uh, some, like, the audio adventures, which people don't really know a lot about. So basically, it's a bunch of old Doctor Who fans, like, talking about how much better Doctor Who fan, do, Doctor Who was in the old days? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. We, do, we do address the, the new series, uh, and... You Joshua is generally not pro new series. Uh, me and Pat are generally more positive about the new series. Mm, so mm. Uh, that that is kind of the dynamic. So there's a so. balance. There's a balance. But, but the focus of the podcast really is the classic series. Yes. Uh, our, our next uh, one that should be coming out really soon, our, our guests are a local band called The Seva Team. Oh, cool. And uh, if you're a Doctor Who fan, yes, the Seva team is the name of the tribe that Leela was a part of in the fourth <laughs> Doctor era. They, they're, they're, they're that geeky, okay? Nerds. Uh, so, and, and we discuss uh, the Caves of Androzani, which is the last fifth Doctor story. Ooh, nice. Uh, and and one, of the, one of the best Doctor Who stories ever. I'm shocked you haven't done that one yet. I know, we've been kind of... Uh, That's crazy. We've been Thank kind you. of holding off on it because it is... So, so good. You know, yeah. like we, we didn't yeah. want to like blow it right away, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So, uh, check that off. Uh, check that out. Get off my world podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As I said earlier, we are going away and uh, coming and, back in two weeks. Or and so. uh, <laughs> just, just that sounded remember, really final. <laughs> just remember uh, that a real education is the new get off my world. Wait. <laughs> I don't think that went right, Tim. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee.